course creators. My name is Rachel Recklum, and I want to welcome you to Train Thrive Growth, where we share online learning and training tips for small businesses who want to make an impact in their business through learner-centered design. Woohoo! Welcome back to the podcast. Today on the show, we have my conversation with Senia Herrera. Senia uh, is a San Jose-based uh, social media strategist. She is a mom-to-be and such a fun person to talk to. I know you guys are going to love this interview and I can't wait for you to listen. So here goes my conversation with Senia. Hello, Senia. Welcome to the podcast. We're so excited to have you on. I'm super excited to be here. Thank you. Yeah. Well, um, why don't we get started by talking about your uh, kind of your journey with entrepreneurship and how you got to the point where you are now in your business? Yes. Well, in 2012, I started, I want to say like a dash of entrepreneurship when I started a personal training in a corporate gym and I was super excited. I'm like, yes, I get to put, you know, work whatever hours I want and I could work as little as two hours or 12 hours, like whatever I wanted. Somehow I felt like I was an entrepreneur and then the gym sold two years later. It was like super devastating. Like I was so sad because I didn't know what to do. Like the pay structure completely changed and that's what you get with corporate, right? Like they can do whatever they want with whatever it is that their, their business structure is. So in 2014, I was dating my husband, which was my boss at the time. (laughs) Yikes. So we decided to leave the gym and even though we were super sad, like we just, we knew that that it wasn't going to work anymore. And I was not willing to go back to nine to five, like no way. I love working the days that I want and I have to, we have to figure this out. So my husband, we got married and then my husband one day tells me, Hey, do you want to be a real estate investor? I'm like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? There's no way I, I even know what that even means. Like, what do you mean real estate investors? So he did a little bit of research. He started dabbling into real estate and then he asked me to be his real estate agent. And I said, no, thank you. There's no, that's so boring to me. I can't do that. Don't do this to me, please. And from there I decided, okay, if I'm going to work in his business, I have to figure out what, what to do. And while I was redoing this research, I was like taking over his website and I'm not a graphic designer or anything. I was just like DIY website, like go on Google and YouTube and figure out how to do this myself. But I started picking his fonts and his colors. And I'm like, you know, this folder doesn't match with your branding. Like you need to do this right. So I didn't even know I was already putting myself into a role that I absolutely loved and while looking for a job to do. So I was already doing this job and that's how everything really started. Very cool. And is he, he's so he's still doing that, the real estate investing and yes, he is actually one of the bigger real estate investors in Silicon Valley. We live in San Jose. So he builds new homes Mm -hmm. and he's doing it right now. So don't be scared. (laughs) He has a team my husband is like super accelerated. Like when he says he's going to do something, he's doing it. 
So he is doing that. He has an actual team now, but I did not want to be part of the real estate side. I wanted to be part of like the branding and like the social media. I fell in love with that quickly. So I knew that that's what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. I love how like kind of the thing you're supposed to do finds you in some way like that. That's so cool. Exactly. I didn't even know that I wanted to do that as a, I didn't even know that was a job. Like I really didn't. Yeah. yeah, I would say the same thing for me. Like until I kind of stumbled into it, I didn't realize that like designing courses and training programs could be a job either. So it's- I know, right? Like you literally teach other people to do that. So it's like, I love doing this. Might as well just do it. Yeah, exactly. So uh, what kind of services do you offer today? Who do you work with? So now I started incorporating live video in my husband's business before I started what I'm doing now. And that completely exploded his, like his business. I don't want to say that it was just that, but it had a really big impact doing the live video on social media because I don't know how it is where you live, but where we live, a lot of the real estate investors are a lot older. They don't have social media and that's just not, you know, real estate is like, blah. <laughs> like it's boring, right? Like when you think about that, you're like, okay, no, thank you. But I started educating people. I started um, interviewing him because I don't know the real estate terms. So I would interview him. I would post on social media and he got a lot of attention. And a lot of our partners till this day have found us through social media. And that's why I asked my husband to give me a really fancy name for his business. <laughs> and I am DMJ's, that's his business, DMJ Home Solutions Branding and Online Marketing Director. So I told him that it had to be super fancy because I wanted to sound cool <laughs> when I told people what I did. Very cool. So that's what I, I do with him. Good title. <laughs> yes. I like did a lot of research. Like I need to sound super cool when I, uh, when I tell people what I do, but I started doing that and I'm currently working, um, on a course for my own, for my own, uh, audience, because I've been trying to build my own brand and my own audience that has nothing to do with real estate. And I want to give them, you know, clarity on how to use a social media strategy for their business. Why are you drawn to working with new entrepreneurs? Like, why is that exciting for you? Well, when we were first starting our business, I felt all of the struggles. <laughs> I really felt them because it was such a harsh change and it was like do or die type thing. And I didn't have money to look legit. I didn't have money for a photographer or, you know, an email marketing, you know, I had no money. I could couldn't even pay someone to make me a logo. So I reached out to all of these new entrepreneurs and they were in the same boat I was. We all worked together and now all of these new entrepreneurs are doing amazing things. I just feel like if you have it in you, you will do amazing things. And new entrepreneurs that want to make it, they usually always, you know, they're so grateful and they're so easy to work with because they want to make it and they want, I just feel like we can grow together when you're a new business owner. Yeah, that's so cool. I love that, like kind of forming a community and working together. I've, I've found the same thing being in business. Like you really get so much out of connecting with other people who are in a similar spot as you are. It's, it's really been helpful for me too. 
It has. I actually, one of the um, photographers, I knew her from high school. I reached out and I almost like, she didn't want to charge me because she's like, I'm not a pro. And I kind of really didn't have money to pay her. So I'm like, oh, well, what if I promote you? Like, what if I bring you two or three clients? And it worked. Like she has so much clientele from the people that I have been able to provide, you know, like, Hey, you know, this girl's so good and it works. It was amazing. And that's why, you know, we continue to work together now. Don't worry. I can afford her now. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. Yeah. And that's awesome that you have that relationship that's kind of grown with both of your businesses. Very cool. Um, Yeah. So besides the like money thing and needing to kind of bootstrap your way through just about everything, what, what other challenges do you see most often that kind of hold new entrepreneurs back and how can they, how can they get past them? I, it's funny that you just asked because I've been uh, surveying a lot of my audience and a lot of them are just scared. They literally, they don't say the word I'm scared it's just they don't know where to start and they're scared of rejection. Nobody wants to be rejected. I don't know about you, but I don't like, you know, I don't like when people say no to me, right? It's just oh, you don't yeah. like that rejection. It makes you feel sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so a lot of people are just scared of the rejection and just don't know where to start. And yeah, I, I mean, that's the toughest part. Like when it's your own business, especially when it's like a personal brand, it really feels like they're saying no to you and, and they're not, they don't, they don't even know you. They're saying no to a service or they can't afford it or they just need it or whatever, but it feels so personal. It's really tough. It really is tough, but I do believe that you can, you just have to find the right, either motivation or like, if you're going to invest in a coach, whatever it is, you just have to just literally start. I know that's super cliche, just start. Right. But mm-hmm. you do that. I, that's literally what you have to do. You have to change your mindset, make sure that you know, okay, I can do this, invest in yourself, whether if that's like investing time or money. I know not a lot of people have the money right now, but maybe listen to a course online that's free or a podcast, exactly what your listeners are doing right now. Like all of these little things are going to help change your mindset or read a certain book that someone tells you to like that helped them in their business. So you definitely can change your mindset. And as a new entrepreneur that I was not too long ago, I still feel like I'm a new entrepreneur. I can tell you that you don't have to be scared because people are going to say no regardless. Yeah, no, I I love that. And like, if you're not, if you're not getting no, you're not asking enough. Like that was, I've heard that from a bunch of different people kind of as I've been going through entrepreneurship, but it's like that idea of you have to go for no. And I love that because if you're hearing no, it's good because it means you're like pushing the boundary and you're putting yourself out there. So I I agree. Yeah. So important. So when, when you are just starting out and maybe, you, you know, you don't have a lot of money, but you want to build a brand that has like a, a high-end feel or a luxury feel, kind of like what you and your husband did with the real estate company, how do you, how do you go about doing that? I guess, what are the essential elements of a good brand or of a high-end brand? So I think I've been doing a lot of reading 
on this brand. And I'm going to tell you the book that is teaching me all these amazing things. But when I first started, I thought that a good brand was just an amazing logo. Like, oh my God, we have to have like a Nike logo and it has to be like all of these little visual things, which is very important. I'm not saying it's not. But what I think is more important than the visual when you're first starting is just consistency, like showing up every day, whether that's on social media or your email list or wherever it is that you are going to be. I just really believe that if I wouldn't have been on live weekly the way I was, we wouldn't be where we are now. So just literally showing up every single day will have people get to know who you are, you know, show your personality, speak their language. This brand is not, yes, it's about you, but it's about the people you're attracting too. Like, how do you make people feel? Do you make people feel amazing? Like, how's your customer service? Like, these are all the things that are more than just the visual side. Like, Mm -hmm. do you feel their pain? Are you, um, are you feeling what they're feeling? If it, if it's yes, then they'll definitely connect with you way better. So yes, the visual aspect is amazing. And trust me, girlfriend, if you don't have money for a logo, you better fake it till you make it until you can hire (laughs) a graphic designer. Like go on Canva, make Mm. your own logo really quick and, you know, keep it classy. But that's important. It is. I'm not saying it's not. It's just Mm. showing up. I feel like it's more important when you're first starting out. Yeah. Another thing I found with the, with the logos is maybe you can't afford a high-end logo from like a super quality designer, but a lot of really great designers sell beautiful, beautiful fonts. So that's one way to kind of uh, fake your way to a great logo is you can get a really well-designed font. Um, And like, like, that's pretty much what I do. I just have like a pretty cursive version of my name and it's been working good for me. Yes. My uh, husband started with a logo from Fiverr. It was very affordable. And as we, you know, grew our business, we've been able to take this logo and perfect it. But when we first started, it was fine. I trust me, like people aren't crazy, you know, panicking over your logo. You're the only one panicking over your logo. Yeah. And and definitely like if you find yourself, I would say spending time like if you ever hear yourself say i can't launch my instagram or i can't launch my website because i don't know my colors or i don't know my logos you get (laughs) just put something out there and get past it because that's another great thing about like the digital world is it's always possible to make changes yes and you can evolve if i showed you my canva like my first colors it was like I want to say like 15 different colors, different mm-hmm. shades of pink, like not cohesive font. And as you learn and as you, you know, grow your business, you can totally change that. That is not the most important thing. I promise. Nobody cares about the logo I had a year ago. <laughs> like they just don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, but you said a couple things there that I think are really important about the things that we do need to kind of have as we're building the brand. How do we go about finding our, our tribe of people, right? Our ideal, our ideal audience, the people who are really going to be a match for our company. So I talk about this in the course that I'm building right now and how to speak to your ideal client. You know, we are on social media. A lot of people think like, oh, I need to make money off social media. Yes, but social media is just a tool 
to communicate your message to your client. Find the people that are going to be your lifelong fans, right? So a lot of the things that you need to do is find out who you're talking to. If you sell a certain product or a certain course, you can't sell it to everyone. So figure out exactly who your ideal client is. Where does she hang out or he? What do they eat? Where do they live? How much money do they make? Do they have kids? Because that stuff does make a difference. If they have kids or not, you might be able to, you know, send a different message. Like, let me give you an example. If a mom is super busy and they're trying to take my course, I can tell them, you know, this is only going to take 10 minutes out of your day because I know you're super busy with your kids. That's different, right? Than just saying, hey, my course is going to be this long. Like it's very specific and I feel like people will be able to connect with me better. Yeah, I think that gets into the whole piece of like having a brand that has like some stories in it and the way you kind of communicate with people, like talking to them, you know, as as a human and you're making it clear that you're speaking to them and you really understand their lives. I think that's so powerful for marketing. So that's a great point. I think something else that has helped me as well is remembering to post for your ideal client. I know that sounds weird, right? Because it's your Instagram. But if you are posting strategically for them, like how can I help them and serve them? Mm-hmm. Then people will, will start reaching out to you and you know responding to you and it, it will just be a better connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think you've talked a little bit about kind of being consistent with your messaging. So how do you, how do you develop that, that voice and kind of figure out what it is you're going to talk about on social media day in and day out? So I do batch my content, which means that I do plan out what I'm going to post. Um, it, it depends, but it's usually either once a month or twice a month. That definitely helps. But when it comes to developing my voice, it's literally just consistency. So I tried to speak a certain way when I first started, like very formal because real estate is formal and I can't be myself and I have to be a grown up. But <laughs> as I started, you know, posting and it was really hard to keep up, like, oh my goodness, I have to be professional again. Like, that's just not what you should be doing. You just be yourself. I'm from California. I'm from San Jose Bay area. Like we say hella out here and I say hella on my lives. Like that's just how I speak. I say girlfriend and I'm obsessed with my husband and everyone knows it because I want to make sure that my personality, yes, I'm not going to go wild and be unprofessional, but my personality can be, you know, shown through my posts and my videos. And that way it's not so hard to keep up with, right? When you're trying to be someone you're not. Mm -hmm. And that way someone in the street, if they ever meet me, they're like, dude, I know you. Like, I totally know you. You're the same way you are when you're, you know, on your phone behind Instagram versus when we're in person. So Mm -hmm. I think that that really does help just being yourself and staying consistent. Again, I always preach consistency because if you never show up, how are people going to know your voice, right? Yeah, that makes sense. And like, I think if you stick to that very formal kind of traditional voice, you're just like every other real estate agent. But if you are (laughs) you and you show up as yourself, and I mean, and a lot of like millennials and stuff and people are trying to buy homes now and they're saying, oh, this person sounds like me. I'm sure she'll know what I'm looking for in a house. So 
Exactly. Yeah. And even my husband, because he is a little bit more formal than me, he is a little bit older than me, but he can definitely be himself on social because I remind him, like, nobody wants a robot. People want humans. Like, mm-hmm. we want to connect to someone that is not so perfect all the time and in a suit and, like, you know, super like can't even smile because you have to be professional. Like they want to see that you're a human and it's exhausting Mm -hmm. to be super formal all the time. Yes, that it is. You know, I've seen, I've seen so many studies that say things like that, you know, they'll have like two people go in and they'll give an identical presentation, but like one person will like spill their coffee and the other person won't. And everyone in the audience actually likes the person who spills their coffee better. So (laughs) how crazy is that? Right? Yeah. It's like we, you know, when people actually kind of are a little bit imperfect, I mean, obviously if you're just a hot mess and you don't know what you're talking (laughs) about, like maybe that's not helpful, but if you just, you know, it's okay to slip up sometimes and it's definitely okay to have some personality and be fun. It actually ends up helping you. And I have seen that difference in my stories too. Like when I go, on store Instagram stories, I get more engagement when my face isn't done. I'm not saying don't put makeup. I personally can't do that every day. And I do get more engagement when I'm asking for help or when you see me without lashes or whatever it is, I definitely get more engagement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I think that's so true. I've, I've definitely seen that too. So You talked a little bit about batching, which I am all about batching. I think this is so important and definitely something that when I think you're first starting in business, like I know I used to spend so much time on my Instagram and the main reason was because I was, you know, doing it every single day, like trying to come up with what am I going to post tonight? So batching was a game changer. I'd love to hear like how you batch things. If you do any kind of automations, like what do you do to kind of be smart with how you're spending your time on social? Yes. So when I first, I immediately started noticing that there was no way I can do this every single day because I was managing my own social media, my husband's personal and my husband's business. So I'm like, whoa, three Instagrams. There is no way that I can do this every single day. And the reason why it's because it takes a long time to come up with a caption, like 30 minutes. Sometimes you're just sitting on your bed or laying and you're like, what should I say today? What picture should I post? It takes a long time. So especially I'm going to have a baby in December and I think about moms, like how do they even have time to like build a business and be on social media and take care of their family? So what I immediately started doing is figuring out how can I do this and plan it out without taking the authenticity away? Mm -hmm. So what I do, I literally grab a scratch piece of paper with uh, all of the different dates, like a calendar scratch piece of paper. And I write down all the important dates for that month. It could be like a national day, like National Flamingo Day, if I want to celebrate that, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. or anniversaries or launch dates. And those are the ones that I either need a photo, I can find a photo, take a photo, whatever it is. And then the rest of the days, I just kind of plug in what it is that I'm promoting that day without being super promoty month, I mean. So, mm-hmm. for example, this month, uh, I have a challenge that I'm working with this girl. It's a fitness challenge. And a lot of the posts lately have been about health, how build, building a business is really hard to stay fit and healthy. So how I've been able to stay healthy 
while being pregnant and building a business. So mm-hmm. having this out in a written form has helped me come up with the captions a little bit easier. And once you're doing it, you're on a roll. So I only plan twice a month or once a month if I have the time. So twice a month would be, I would plan, sit down on a Sunday and I plan it for two weeks straight. And it does help a lot. It really does. Imagine just being on the computer for an hour or two a week instead of 30 minutes per post slash mm-hmm. like it's just so crazy is that yeah. kind of how you do it yeah that is that's kind of what I've been doing like getting into cycles where I batch my podcast I batch my blog posts I'm trying to batch everything because when you do it that way it also frees up time for you to do things that are really going to start to generate income for you in your business yes exactly mm-hmm Where did I hear that from? I think I might have heard that from Amy Porterfield. She uh, was, I forgot what she was talking about, but she said, are you, are your tasks money making tasks? Mm. And I was like, oh my goodness, are they? Like I had to go back, like what, why am I so busy? So that's definitely, even though it's very important to build your brand on social media, it's Mm -hmm. definitely not the most important thing. It's very important, but there's other things you need to do. Like you said, you have a blog, you have a podcast. I'm sure you have an email list you have to write to. Like there's a lot of things to do. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, and for me, it's like also the more time that I free up, the more I can like actually take on clients or work on, work on my own course. (laughs) Exactly. You want to do all of these things. Like Mm -hmm. it's amazing to serve everyone, but at the same time, you definitely want to work on your, you know, how Amy says money-making tasks. Yep. Exactly. No, Amy Porterfield has so much good stuff. I'm sure she said that at some point. I love her podcast and all of the, the tips we get from her. So I know I'm a total yeah. fan too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So I want to go back a little bit to live video because it sounds like you were really early and on top of the live video thing, but I know that that is something that is intimidating for people when they're getting started. So Besides just kind of going for it and putting yourself out there and doing something, like what what tips do you have for being on live video? So live video is so important. And I know that I started off saying that it's so important. I feel like you can do anything on live video. I've seen all of it. I've seen live shows like every week. Um, I don't know if you follow Jasmine Starr. Every Tuesday she goes on there and she like brings on her Um, her followers to ask her questions. That is amazing and super smart because you feel super exclusive, right? Like, yeah, I'm going to be chatting with Jasmine. So that's super cool. I've also seen, I follow a few fitness girls. They like cook with their followers and ask questions too. But Mm -hmm. aside from all of them, you can definitely just educate your, your tribe. Just talk to them, whatever it is that you're doing. Let's say you are in fitness. You can just educate them on little things that they, you always get the same questions. Just answer those questions and show up for them. And that way they start asking you where you're at. If you didn't have a live, like, excuse me, it's Wednesday. Where are you? You're supposed to be on here. And I, I really do believe that it's super important. So the first thing you need to do is get on live and take that fear out of it because I know that it's scary again with the what if no one shows up fear, right? Like, I don't want to talk to myself fear or 
what if they don't like what I'm talking about? Or what if I don't have anything to talk about? Whatever, you know, block you have, it's not true. It's literally not true. You will have something to talk about. I pinky promise. Yeah, I I love that. I think that's so true. And, And kind of what you said earlier, I've found that, you know, sometimes I'll go and I will have like a live that is more of like a structured training that I've, I've prepared for and is a little more like kind of done up, but then I like to mix it up too, where I'll also go on kind of informally and I won't have like my hair done and be super like kind of done up and I just go and it's like, I'm talking to a friend and it's really relaxed. And I found like having that mix is, has been really helpful because, you know, you do get really good engagement when you're just kind of relaxed and being yourself. You totally do. And the cool thing about these is that now with like IGTV and all of this other social, you can definitely save these and either repurpose it or cut them super short. Like people get to know you and they start like really becoming your BFF on Instagram and they're like always engaging with you if you you know engage with them back I love live like you don't understand Mm -hmm. I love it it's something that has really helped my business and my husband's business and you know it sucks because you want to be perfect and the good thing about live is that you don't have to be perfect you can mess Mm -hmm. up and people know that it's live yeah yeah, no one, no one's expecting you to like never stutter over your words or anything like that. Like you can definitely relax a little bit about stuff like that. It's awesome. Yesterday I was, I went on live. I usually go on Wednesdays and I couldn't breathe because I'm pregnant. So I was so out of breath oh. <laughs> and people just totally like laugh. They're like, LOL, you know, cause it's funny, mm-hmm. but I was able to show like my pregnant side, like, you know, I'm struggling over here. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. But when you show yourself in your personality, people totally start really appreciating, not that you're messing up, but that you're a human, you're normal. Mm-hmm. And you know, that kind of validates the point that, okay, it's okay for me to mess up too. Yeah, makes sense. So, well, it's, it's exciting. Your little one is on the way. When when did you say you were due again? December? I'm doing December. So okay. my business is like, <laughs> that's the timeline. We need, to, we need to continue because, well, you know, you take time off when you're, after your baby comes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I'm thinking about my husband and I are thinking about starting a family like in the next year or so. And that's like kind of like wondering because I have no idea what it'll be like actually having a newborn in the house. I feel like it's kind of unpredictable. It (laughs) is. I heard a lot of really, really good stories. Like I heard that some people have really sleepy babies for like the first six months. I'm like, Mm -hmm. that's awesome. And then I heard horror stories, <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm not sure what baby I'll have. We'll see. I'll let you know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, I feel like it can be on either extreme. Like, I definitely know people whose babies slept through the first night, and then I know people that, like, didn't get any sleep for six weeks, but... That's what I'm saying, so... Yeah. Well, we're getting ready for it. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. All right. So we've talked a lot about live and going live on Instagram, but another thing that I've been really into is stories. So how are you using stories? When do you post? How often? What are you kind of telling people about those? I second, okay. I say everything on Instagram is my favorite. So obviously live video is my favorite, but stories is my actual favorite. Okay. (laughs) 
I feel like stories is it obviously started on Snapchat and I started being on Snapchat because it was like, hello, my own personal show that I can just have a talk show all day on. And I used to use Snapchat a lot when I was first starting our business and they knew David and they knew that he was always working and they knew that I was obsessed with him. Like all of these little quirks they knew because of Snapchat. So when Instagram stories came along, I completely jumped on that because I have more followers on Instagram. So I knew that I would get a little bit more reach on there. And I kind of sprinkle everything in. So I do see a lot of people like only promoting, you know, just promoting their services or just promoting whatever it is they sell. And I strongly believe that you should just build a relationship with your followers instead like see, show them behind the scenes, get to know you, what you did. I'm not saying have a thousand stories of every single moment of your life, but definitely, you know, if you're okay with showing your family or or whatever it is that you do, I highly do recommend that you do that. People feel like they're part of your life and they love it. Who doesn't like reality shows, right? Why do they do so well? Why does everyone watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians? (laughs) Because they like the reality side of things. So make them your creators and ask for feedback with all of the different um, stories features, which I love. Do you Mm. use those a lot? Yeah, I love, I love polls. I love the little slider polls. I really like the questions feature. The questions feature is such a great way to get like really fun, um, like fun interaction with people. And also it's a great way to do market research Uh, This is something I teach a lot when I'm working with course creators, how to use Instagram stories as like your number one market research tool. It works so well and you get really good response rates versus like doing like a a kind of a more formal survey via email can be a little tougher to get someone to take the time to respond, but stories are right there and they're really easy to reply to. So I I love love all of that too. It works. It really does. And if you personalize it the way that you know, you do it. Like I said, I, sometimes I show up with no face on just no lashes, no hair done, nothing. And people don't care. Like they really don't. I actually Mm -hmm. get compliments when I do my hair. They're like, Oh, where are you going? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like nothing, just going live in a little bit. But you know, people really appreciate once they know your personality and all, like they will show, they will Instagram stalk you like, Hmm, I wonder what she's up to today. And Mm -hmm. You did ask me how often I go. I try to kind of be on all day, not all day, like for hours. It's just sprinkle one in the morning, a few for, you know, lunchtime, and then a few in the evening, just because I can show up back in the feed. Mm -hmm. Because if you do all of them at once, you know, people that log on at 8 8 a.m. versus 8 p.m., they won't see it. Mm -hmm. So that's why I try to just be consistent throughout the day. But some, you know, some people might not be able to. So if you can't, maybe you can type up a quick story and, and that way people can continue seeing your stories if you don't have time to like go and show your face on stories. Yeah, that's something I'm, I'm working on because I do, I work on kind of big projects during the day. I can't always get online. So I want to have just like some stories that are kind of queued up and ready to go so that you know, I can, I can mix those in to kind of fill the gaps. Totally helps. Yeah. 
Cool. Well, that sounds, all that sounds great. I um, think this has been really helpful. We've got a lot of, a lot of fun tips, a lot of good inspiration for kind of getting out there and building your brand on social. Um, Before we go, we have a couple kind of wrap up questions. So first, do you have a couple books or resources that have been really influential for you and that you think might inspire other entrepreneurs? I have a library that I've been building since 2015 And I have to say that I've read half of those books, half of them I still have to get to, (laughs) but two that I absolutely love. One of them was one of my first books is called The One Thing. And this book really tells you or kind of trains your brain how to stick to one project until you finish it. And I don't know about you, if you have shiny syndrome, what is it? Shiny object syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. I I know about that. So you're like, oh, cool. Wait, maybe I should start this. Wait, no, I actually want to start this. And I do that all the time. And now that I'm pregnant, I don't have the liberty to do that anymore or not liberty, the luxury to do that because it's either you're going to do this now or this kid's coming and you're not going to do it. So the one thing has helped me a lot to make sure that I focus and it just kind of goes through how you can focus on doing one thing and launching it and why it's okay to concentrate on one thing because a lot of people think that multitasking is the way to go and it's actually not that's my belief and this Mm -hmm. book preaches it do you agree with that oh yeah and i think that's so important for a lot of like the entrepreneur type we're coming up with a business idea practically every day yes And it's like, how do you sort through that and not like get pulled in a million directions? That's so important. And even just like kind of day to day getting your task done, like most multitasking is fake. Like unless it's like, like you can drive and listen to music at the same time, but really what you're doing is just like switching back and forth and you're kind of pulling yourself out and you're like not getting into flow. So yes, I'm super here for that. Like multitasking does not work. It do- it really doesn't. And that's why I found this book. I didn't take it serious. And then I'm like, wait, I'm pregnant. Holy. Okay. I have to go read this book right now again. <laughs> and I've been really implementing that and it's really helped. And then awesome. the second one I've been recently reading. Can I say two? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, the second one is called building a story brand. And so far, I'm only halfway through the book, but it's amazing. This book is about building your brand, but it's not visually building your brand. It's about building your message to where it's so clear that your ideal clients are finding you. A -hmm. lot of us, like we are super vague, like I help women, you know, be the best versions of themselves, which is amazing. But that's not really telling, like, I don't know what that means, you know? Okay, are you a fitness Mm -hmm. coach? Are you a life coach? What are you? So this book is helping you build your brand and it completely breaks it down and even has worksheets. Like, it's so cool. I highly recommend you that second. I really think that you should, you know, get the one thing. If you confuse, you lose. Yes. Yes. No, Story Brand is the best. That is one of my favorite books. I actually talked about it on, I did like a three books I recommend for all course creators episode a while back. And that's one of them. So even though it doesn't have anything to do with education, really, it is so important. 
because like when that's you're so like, funny that you actually like you read this book then mm-hmm. yeah and he has uh so it's by donald miller and he has a great podcast too i always learn yes. so much from from his show um but it's just like it's so perfect for course creation because there's this whole idea that the customer is the hero of the story and then you are like the guide on the side or in other words, the teacher. But when we do our courses, we want to frame them that way. So like the customer is buying the course because they see themselves like succeeding and conquering some problem or challenge they're facing. And we're like there to help them out. But the course is like all about them and it's what they need. It's so crazy. I was reading it last night because I really want to finish it before the month ends. And I'm just in my bed because it's like 10 p.m. You don't have to be in bed already. My husband is in the couch, but I'm like, wow, wow. Like every single <laughs> – and he's like, what are you doing over there? I'm like, this book is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a blast over there reading my story brand book. I definitely recommend it. Yeah, it's it's great. Well, thank you for those recommendations. Those were awesome. And um, you said you had a freebie with us that you wanted to share? I do. I'm not quite done with my course because me and you are going to talk, but I have an awesome Instagram strategy guide and it kind of goes through the essentials of things like perfecting your bio, how to do a hashtag research. A lot of people don't know even what a hashtag research is, but how to write compelling captions to where your, you know, your tribe actually talks to you back and just connects with you a little bit deeper. And all of that is on my website. It's senyambherrera.com slash strategy. Okay. And uh, we want to find you on social, your Instagram. That is senyambherrera. Okay. Sounds good. Well, I will have all of those links and Asenia's book recommendations in the show notes. This has been really fun. Thanks for coming on. I know. I had so much fun. Thank you. Good. All right. Well, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to learn more, you can find me on Insta at Train Thrive Grow. And don't forget to leave a rating and review for this podcast in iTunes. Talk to y'all soon. Bye.